We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Twenty minutes a day. 65 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack a Day Podcast. The Thursday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast is here. We're still playing Packers football, and I couldn't be more elated about it. I am half of the Thursday crew, Jason Perone. You can follow me on X slash Twitter at Jason Perone. I also do the Quick Slants podcast over at Game On Wisconsin. With me, as always, of Packer Report is Mark Eckel. Mark, the beat goes on. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. And we're, and that was, I mean, uh, like when we talked last week and then even off off the air, um, you know, we were, ha- listen, the Packers were, the, they were the, f- the fourth youngest team to ever make the playoffs, the youngest NFC team to ever make the playoffs, the youngest team since 1974 to make the playoffs. So all that was, was great. Well, now they're the youngest team to ever win a playoff game. Because those three teams that were younger, the, the 74 Bills, the 70 Bengals, and the 70 Dolphins, all lost. Yeah. They all made the playoffs, but they all lost in the first round. So now they're the youngest team to ever win a playoff game. Which is, to me, that's a pretty impressive, uh, you know, I'm not a big stat guy and stuff, but that's a pretty good stat or fact or whatever you, whatever you want to call it, that, that you could be this young. And go and go on the road to a place where the, the home team had, had won 16 straight games and come away with a win. Mm-hmm. Although Green Bay is now the Packers are now six and zero in that building, so you know that, that that's a pretty good that's a pretty good place for the for the Packers to play. And that is uh, what do they call it? Is it AT and T AT and T Stadium, Jerry World? Well, I joked yeah, with I, just called I, Jerry World. I joked with somebody on Sunday when I was watching the game that. They're going to go start digging up all the scraps from the old stadium in Irving and try to put that thing back together because the Cowboys played so much better against the Packers there than they oh, yeah. than they have at AT and T. And now this spans—I know it's only one game for Jordan Love, but it spans two quarterbacks, and the Packers look just like they always do 
in Dallas, there's this weird vortex. Dak Prescott turns the ball over twice. You get Jair with the interception to start the game. And then Darnell Savage finally does what the Packers envisioned him doing a lot more of when they drafted him in the first round back in 2019, which is jumping a ball pick six. And they're up 27-0. And we talked a little before the show, and I mentioned it last week, where the narrative does and the expectations do kind of move. It's like, I know it's the house money theory and it's a young team and the expectations and all that kind of stuff. And hey, we're just happy to be here and just enjoy the ride. But if this team is going to play this well, and especially this week, they've got a tough matchup on the road against the San Francisco 49ers. But if they go out and take care of business there, and we're obviously a long way from that happening, a lot to happen still, but then you kind of do have some expectations because this team is just, it's like, well, who's going to beat them? If you can beat the two seed Dallas Cowboys and the one seed 49ers on the road, especially when you think about how this season started and this team was having trouble just putting up points before halftime. It's an incredible turnaround in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Well, I wrote this a couple weeks ago. This, this team was left for dead twice, not once, twice when they were two and five and trading away good players like Roswell Douglas, right? I mean, they're, they're, it looked like all right. They're, they're, we're, this is all about next year now, right? We're we're two and five, and with bad losses, it's like not like they lost all you know the five good teams. They lost to non-playoff teams like the Raiders and Broncos, and to get to two and five, right? I mean, so they, things didn't look good there. Then they got then they get hot. Like I'm watching the game last week, and they're like, oh yeah, when they when when they beat the Lions on Thanksgiving, that turned everything around. Well, for the, for it turned it around at the time because then they won. What they win? Four out of five, mm-hmm. and they got to six and six, and they were like, "Oh, okay." But then when they lost to Tampa Bay at home, and the Giants, so awful, awful Giants with a guy that's never going to play quarterback in the NFL again ever, Tommy DeVito. Like I said it, that I said it then. He will never be. That, that was it. His fifteen minutes came and went, and he's going to go work in the deli next year. He's not going to be in the NFL. He's not. He's not any good. To lose to him. On, and the way they lost that game, to let him, to let that giant, that pathetic giant offense go down the field on you and kick a winning field goal, but no, that that was beyond bad. And then, then they beat Carolina, which got, and they, I mean, the worst team in football, but they give up thirty points. I mean, I, so there was a span of three weeks where they they were, in my mind, they were dead again. I mean, they, they weren't going to do it. But they beat the Vikings and Bears. They got a little bit of help from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Thank you, Mike Tomlin, for beating Seattle. And they made the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, and it's all about the vibe, as they say, as the kids are saying today. It's all about the vibe. The Packers are putting out some really good vibes. They're getting to get getting along very well. The team is very united, all that stuff. I feel like we're kind of a broken record every week. But when they keep reacting well to what Matt LaFleur is doing, what he's building, even the defense is stepping up. Joe Barry's gotten his act together. I mean, speak of some very terrible performances his defense put up there in those two games. Yeah. I mean, they couldn't touch Tommy DeVito after taking care of Jared Goff, who's very good in Detroit, and Patrick uh-huh. Mahomes, and making Baker Mayfield look like the second coming of Joe Montana or Tom Brady, if you want to stick with the Tampa quarterbacks. It was just very frustrating, but get hot at the right time and go make some noise, make some magic. And no one expected, I mean, this, this is insane that, that the Packers are 60 minutes away from potentially playing for a chance to go to a championship in a season where it, I mean, you know, six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, there was talk about a top five pick. So all that stuff, we already, we already know all about that too. The San Francisco 49ers, the number one seed in the NFC, a lot of, a lot of people are picking the Niners to win it all this year because they're really, really good. Just a quick, couple quick stats we uh, talked about before we started, Mark, and these are not just uh, offensive, but overall is 
one of the keys to this game is going to be the Packers generating takeaways on defense and also taking care of the ball on offense because the 49ers, when they don't turn the ball over, are 8-0 this season. And when they turn it over at least once, they're only 4-5. and five. And then on the off on the on the defensive side, when they when they get two takeaways or more, they're nine and one, and they're I think they're three and four when they don't. So it's the same formula against any team. But the 49ers, for for as much as everybody wants to see the Packers continue to roll like they did against Dallas, are a different animal. They're a completely different beast. They're very disciplined. They're very well coached. We know the history between the Niners and the Packers. There's been a lot of good games. They've the Packers have struggled. They're meeting in the playoffs. There's there's been even bigger struggles in the postseason against the 49ers. Now the 2019 team got absolutely run off the field in in San Francisco on on San Francisco's way to the to a Super Bowl appearance. That was when Raheem Mostert. I think he's still racking up yards in that game. Ran all over the Packers and Mike Pettin's defense back then. Much different team now. And in the last game two seasons ago, there was the special teams meltdown in a close game that that really kind of stole the game away from from the Packers and the 49ers were able to advance in that one here. But a lot of uh, looking at what San Francisco does offensively, we know Brock Purdy, right? So Brock Purdy is not like the world on fire type of quarterback, but he's very efficient. And one of the things we have to talk about, Mark, is the coaching matchup here because it's Matt LaFleur. Kyle Shanahan are both very familiar with each other. They've faced off with each other a lot. The Niners love to use a lot of pre-snap motion. The the Packers defense is going to have to turn in another almost virtuoso performance this week. They've got a tough task ahead of them. Oh, yeah. The the Niners, listen, you don't get to be the top seed by accident. I mean, you you earned that. And the the 49ers certainly did this year. They they not only the, the, the two teams that they thought were their top challengers and the, the Philadelphia Eagles who completely fell apart. But at the time were 10 and one when they met and they beat them in Philly, like what it was like 42 to 13 or something. And they played Dallas earlier in the year and blew them out. So like there, there, there was no doubt that the 49ers are the, are the number one seed in the NFC and, and the favorite to win the NFC because of what they've done. And they, they, they had that little losing streak. They lost uh, three in a row. Uh, they they had some injuries. I think Debo was out for all three of those those games. Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. So I mean, not unless I don't. I'm not going to give anybody excuse for injuries because nobody's had injuries like the Packers have had this year. So, but they did lose three in a row. I believe it was to the Bengals, the Jaguars, and I forget the third team that beat them. But I should know that. But they they lost. You know, they 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 are beatable. They're not this you know great 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 unbeatable team. But they are very good. We'll see. Well, and the Packers again. I said last week to beat the Cowboys, the Packers had to play their their A plus game, and they did. They played A double plus. I mean, they, that, that was his, that the offense. I mean, the offense scored forty one points and could have had more. I mean, you know, they 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 took the foot off the gas in the in the, in the fourth quarter. They you know they took guys out probably maybe a little too soon. I know why they did it. And I thought it was a great idea to, to to do it because you knew the Packers were going to be playing on a short week. There was no way. The NFL was going to make the winner of Philly, Tampa Bay. Oh no! Go Monday, Saturday. There was no way. There was no, absolutely no way in the world you make a team go from Monday to Saturday. So, so I knew that whoever won that game was going to play Sunday. So the Packers was going to have to play on Saturday. So, it, you know, it's a short week, and that's tough. I mean, I know, you know, people don't. I I make a big deal of it because I follow it pretty closely during the season. I have for, for years. When you being on the road, short week on the road again. Is just not. Now, I'm not saying it can't be done, but it's it's not easy. It's just not easy. I like. I, I might look it up be, before. Maybe I'll write something about it. That 
what what the records are. I'm I'm sure it's a low percentage of mm-hmm. teams that are on the road, play a short week, and go on the road again, and win that second game because it's just not easy. I no, it's a, it, it taxes. You know, it taxes. The Packers do it because a friend. I was talking to to a friend about this. He thinks they the year they won the Super Bowl, 2010, right? They were on the road in Philly and won, and that was a Sunday game. That I remember because I was there. Mm-hmm. They won on Sunday. The game in Atlanta, Saturday. It was Saturday. Okay, so they did do it then. They did go road, short week, road, and one both. Yeah, but then they had a Sunday, but then they, they got off till the following Sunday for the NFC Championship right. game. And that'll be the same way, because the, the NFC Championship game will be, if if they win, well, no matter who wins, it'll be Sunday. So, okay, they, they did do it. I couldn't remember if the Atlanta game was a Saturday or Sunday. Mm-hmm. It was a Saturday. It was a Saturday. Yeah, it was a Saturday night game. And because okay. I, I, I remember because, well, I remember that very well because I was in a little bit rough shape on that Sunday morning and I was able to be in rough shape because it was a Sunday morning instead of having to be at work on okay. Monday the following day, which is typically football day on Sunday. So, yeah, I mean, all that stuff does does play a factor here. And it's again, it's a, it's a very, very tough matchup here. I was just looking so couple things to, to note about the, the Niners offense. I talked about the, free, the uh, pre-motion. They're very efficient with the motion, all that kind of stuff. Now, keep in mind, Christian McCaffrey is having a very, very good season. All the talk that has, you know, all this, all this MVP talk usually centers around uh, quarterbacks. Although this year, Tyreek Hill, uh, Christian McCaffrey were in the conversation too, but there was a lot of talk about Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott even, right? Christian McCaffrey led the NFL in rushing 1,459 yards. He's averaging 5.4 yards per attempt. The Packers have certainly had their struggles against the run. So that's going to be a big, big challenge this weekend. And you know that Kyle Shanahan is, does not want to be embarrassed by the seven seats. The first seven seed team to win a playoff game was against Dallas. Kyle Shanahan doesn't want to be another footnote and have them win their second game in a row against his team, especially a one seed that's got Super Bowl aspirations. They haven't won a championship since the 1994 season. That was 30 years ago. But the Niners also led the NFL in plays of 20 plus yards. So they run the ball very well and they push the ball down the field very well, which is something that if there's one thing we can say that's been pretty consistent about Joe Barry's defense is that they don't tend to give up too many big, big plays because that's why everyone's so frustrated that they're playing off. They don't want to give up those big plays down the field, but it's going to be the middle of the field. And that's where you and I talked also before the show started here. When you look at the weapons that San Francisco has on offense and the Packers are known to do this too, you haven't heard a ton about tight end George Kittle this season, but he is still very much there and a big part of this offense. Packers defense has struggled with tight ends. That middle of the field has also been a little bit of an area of of opportunity, we'll say, for the Packers. They've got to keep it clean, and that's where we hope that Isaiah McDuffie, who did practice on Wednesday, we're recording on Wednesday, so we know that he did go out and practice. He had the neck injury, so he was at least out there the, for the first day this week with J.J. Anikbari going likely going on injured reserve with the torn ACL. Now, Mark, your, yours and in my opinion, too, is it's going to be very important to have Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker, and McDuffie available for this one if they need to move Quay around. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? 
You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize picks community each week. I've had so much fun making prize picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I agree. Yeah, I think so. We had said that, you know, how are they going to make up for the for the loss of Engelbari? You know, Cox will probably dress the, the rookie Brenton Cox. I'm sure he'll, you know, he's been inactive almost all year. I think he may have dressed one time. So he'll dress. But you can't ask a kid, you know, a rookie who, you know, hasn't even, you know, haven't, hasn't even dressed for most of the year to go out there and play 30 some snaps. I mean, that's just asking in a, in a playoff game. I mean, that's just asking a little too much, I think. So he'll, I think he'll dress for the game and maybe get a handful. Probably play those special teams, maybe run around on special teams a little bit. But I, you know, I thought that you know it'll just in, increase the workload of of Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary and Lucas Van Ness. I think all of them will get, you know, if 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 JJ was getting thirty snaps a game, then each of these guys might might pick up an extra, you know, eight to ten snaps a game. Which again, it's the playoffs. You got to you have to play a little extra, do a little something extra. It's like in basketball, right? When the when the playoffs come, the the bench gets shortened, right? You don't go ten deep anymore; you only go eight deep. So, you know that that's kind of a similar situation there. But again, and then you mentioned, and I agreed that I could see Quay Walker getting some outside reps at times. Let him move around. I really believe the Packers should do with 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 Quay Walker what not not to the exact extent, but to a similar role of what Dallas does with Micah Parsons. Mm-hmm. Like, just line him up everywhere, anywhere. Don't. Look for a weakness and, and let him attack it. And, you know, 
they have been blitzing him more, and it's been working. So yeah, I, you know, I think Walker is going to be a be a key factor in this game. And again, with McDuffie back at practice, that's a great sign. Hopefully, he will. You know, he'll, he's healthy and he'll, and he'll be able to play. Because without him, then then you're kind of stuck with Quay. You have, you're you're limited as to what you can do with Quay because you don't have McDuffie. So yeah, hopefully the de- the defense is relatively healthy. Jair did not practice Wednesday. But that could be just a rest. They they want him, you know, to be 100 percent or as close as close to 100. You know, give him a lot of credit. He did a lot last week, off the field treatment wise, and getting so he could play. And he not only played, but he played pretty well. Yeah, yeah, he did. And that idea of what Dallas tried to do with Micah Parsons, and I think they probably wish that they had used him a little bit more vers- versatilely. I don't know if I'm using that right. You know word correctly against the Packers instead of just having a pass rush because Green Bay's offensive line has done such a good job of stymieing pass rush and the initial up front there. They're going to need to do that again this week. The 49ers have an excellent front, but yeah, Quay Walker, I mean, just get creative and use your athletes for as, as much as you possibly can. And Quay has quietly had a really nice bounce back season this year. I mean, he only played one year last year, but he had some struggles and some of those were emotional and, and attitude wise. And he's really come on. He almost had uh, a nice pick. It was like a diving attempt at a tip ball last week. And, but he can make those plays and he can, if he can be around the ball where most other guys wouldn't even have a chance to make a play on the ball and actually get his hands on it. I mean, he did have the pick six against the Chicago bears in week one, that's the kind of thing that you need from the team this week. I mean, we went over the turnover stats there. If you make 49ers turn the ball over, then it causes a problem. I mean, I remember a game many, 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 many years ago when Brett Favre and the 49ers or and the Packers went to play the 49ers in San Francisco in the divisional round. Nobody gave the Packers a chance. It was their first appearance in the playoffs that they, or that the first time they'd won a playoff game the week prior against Atlanta and they went and they beat San Francisco largely because their defense created so much pressure and turnovers. And suddenly they were up 21, nothing in that game. They got a fumble return for a touchdown. They had a great, great plan for Jerry Rice. And that's what they're going to, I mean, and we don't forget Brandon Ayuk. When we were talking about weapons before too, we talked about Debo Samuel. Brandon Ayuk has had a very good season. We know about McCaffrey, George Kittle, I mean, uh, Kyle Juszczyk. The the Niners have no shortage of, of weapons that, the Packers defense is going to have to choose and pick from. And Brock Purdy has turned himself into somebody who can very quickly discern what the Packers are going to try to take away so he can go another direction with it because it's just like the Packers the passing game right now. They're, they're wide. They've, they, you know, the riches that they have at wide receiver and all the guys that are making plays for them. It's like, well, good luck. You can't cover everybody. And the Packers are going to have that problem this weekend as well. And, and so they're going to have to create some pressure and try to force some mistakes with Purdy. And it's possible. I mean, this no one's mistaking the Packers for the Ravens, Mark, but he threw four in that one yeah. game against Baltimore. It's been a little feast or famine. And I would imagine if the Packers win the toss, they'll probably do the same thing they did last week for the Cowboys. They'll probably take the ball and try to go down and score, make the Niners have to chase them a little bit, which dictates a little bit of their game planning and and take some of the playbook away from them because that playbook is about a mile thick with things that Kyle Shanahan can do on offense and the, and the Niners do all of it so well. Well, again, and that first drive against the Cowboys last week, that was great. I mean, I liked them taking the ball and not only did they score, which that's the ultimate, that's what you want to do. And they, and they got seven, not three, which was even, that's the ultimate, but they took half the quarter away. That that drive lasted over seven minutes. Yes. Close to eight minutes, I think like seven fifty or something. So that's what you want. I mean, that's especially even, I mean, you, you wanted it against Dallas to keep, 
um, you know, Dak and, and, and C.D. Lamb and those guys off the field. But you really wanted against San Francisco to keep the guys we, that we just mentioned, Debo and Kittle and McCaffrey and Ayuk and going on and on. To keep, you know, keep, keep the Niners' possessions as limited as, as you possibly can. And make them make Purdy play from behind. I mean, he that's what the Niners for most of the year they've they've been they jump on you and then and try to make you catch up and more times than not you 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 don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see how they are coming. Let's see how they are in being put in a hole. Baltimore put them in a hole and they never got out of it. Mm-hmm. And it just snowballed on them. So and again, like I'm, I'm just like you said a, a minute ago, the Packers aren't the Ravens. The Ravens are the top seed in the AFC for a reason, but. Uh, but again, let's put let's see how Purdy and that team responds to being down because I, I got If they if the Packers fall fall behind, it's going to be tough. I think for them to come back. Yes, um, tough environment, tough tough team. It's right. it's it's just like those really good Packers teams back when Rodgers in the Super Bowl era, twenty eleven in particular. Too, it's like they're just once they get out front, it's so hard to compete. They play catch up and they're efficient and it's very likely that they're going to be able to put up points of their own. This one has all the makings of another game that's probably going to have a lot of points on the board. Now, Dallas kind of, you know, throw a flurry at the Packers late and it made the score look a lot closer than it was. It was 48-16 at one point. It ended up being 48-32. Packers had to bring their starters back in there's all these lessons that Matt LaFleur is learning and and even I thought when he when they put the the backups out there on both offense and defense with six minutes left I thought that was a little bit too soon and you had a feeling that if you get too complacent and not that they were trying to play complacent but the Packers were letting the the Cowboys do everything they could I mean I think they there was something like in the last those two drives they scored on they added another 200 yards of total offense which was half of their daily output you know that's not really what you what you want to see so I think in this game here, and I'm sure Matt LaFleur, having been spanked as many times as he has by Kyle Shanahan and the Niners, is not taking his foot off the gas. And if it's if it's 48-16, great. Make it make it 54 or 55. You know, but just, you know, whatever you, you have to do to keep San Francisco deflated, chasing off their game, then do it. Because this is, you know, you're going to have to play very well in every, every single facet. Now, I know we don't, there isn't really a special team show, so I guess we kind of take on the special teams part as a defensive preview here. And Anders Carlson missed another PAT. Matt Lafleur was asked on Wednesday if he even considered bringing in a veteran kicker. Obviously, you don't want to do that at this point in the season, folks. This is not the time. I know that people were calling for Joe Barry to go six weeks ago. And okay, maybe that's like midseason. Maybe you can spark the team. And I don't think we expected the Packers to be playing in the divisional round of the playoffs here. And they stuck with Joe Barry. You don't want to be tinkering with your skill players, your receivers, your kickers, all that other kind of stuff. Now, just you got to get through the season. And, and don't forget, Carlson made all the rest of his kicks. Right. So it's it's not, you know. I know this is do or die. It's it's win or go home. And he could very well miss a kick that doesn't give the Packers a win that they could have stole from the Niners. And we'll all be very anguished when the game ends that way. But from an overall standpoint, it's still a very successful season for the Packers. And no, they should not be worrying about that. You worry about that stuff next season when you get into mini camps and training camps. If you want to push him and bring in some competition, it's fine to do then. The special teams... You know, it's it's interesting to me, Mark. We've talked about the, uh, Carlson's leg, but these kickoffs are just not going out of the back of the end zone. They're opting to kick off, although 
the kick coverage has been better lately. I don't know. Are we playing with fire here a little bit? Well, that the, you know, it's funny that that you brought that up because I was saying the same things like just kick it out, kick it, kick it out of it. Because he a couple times he did. He was told now. This is coming from a friend of mine listens to the radio. He watches the game, but he listens to um, Wayne Larravee and Larry McCarron doing the Packer broadcast. And he said, because I was complaining to him, I'm like, just kick it. You know, why is he, you know, just kick it around. Yeah. Yeah, just kick it in the end. He said, no, that McCarron was saying they wanted this. That was the plan was to kick it high. You know, high was more important than, than deep that they. I, th- I guess they felt that 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 kid would bring it out of the end zone, so kick it high and let the and all but one kick was covered really well. They, I think they held him up, they you know pre twenty five yard line, all but that one right before the half when that was like everything went wrong that on on that last drive. I mean, but but I'm I'm with you. I'd rather just kick it in, you know. Yeah. Uh, why why risk it? Why risk I'm, it? Because even a good special teams unit can get got. And you don't want to give another team in the postseason the advantage of an extra 15, 20, or even worse, letting them start on the other side of the 50 and having a short field and then being able to... The yardage, the down and distance and all that stuff, it impacts the playbook. You have a certain you have a certain amount of things you can run when you're backed up inside your own five, your own 10. Now, the coverage unit had some really good stops. I mean, they made some stops inside the 20 against yeah, Dallas. And I think they had... I think they had deflated... The Cowboys to the point where they just you know they weren't they weren't playing at the, at the at the top of their game. Mark, I I guess we what I thought it was really really odd, and we've seen some weird Packers games, mostly when Rodgers was the quarterback, and there was that whole does he have the chemistry with the receivers or not? Does he throw to the young receivers or not? And you would see some games where he was just off with even when Devontae Adams was in Green Bay, you'd see those weird games and the Dak CD Lamb at the beginning of the game and until the Packers really just took the handcuffs off at the end of the game was really, really weird to see. And then you've got Mike McCarthy over there who we're familiar with. And it was it was kind of all those things where I, I found myself saying, you know, we've been on the other end of this when at times when McCarthy was the Packers coach and like they won a lot of games and they were really good. But when they would lose a game, it did kind of tend to go like that, where it was like, man, they just got taken out early and they had a hard time, hard time coming in there. And the other ironic thing was one of the reasons why Mike McCarthy was hired by Jerry Jones to coach the Dallas Cowboys was because his teams had so much success against Jones's Cowboys. And, and he brought him in and said, Hey, we can't beat you. Come join us. We want to beat everyone else. And the Packers came in and beat Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys once again, doing what Mike McCarthy, when he coached the Packers used to do to Dallas. The headlines remind us daily. The world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-Month Emergency Food Kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 
Well, Dallas to me is a team, and I and I I don't hate the Cowboys. Like a lot of people hate the Cowboys. I don't hate the Cowboys. I I kind of like Dak. I kind of like I like some like I, I don't I don't mind their guys. I don't. I mean, there's teams I I hate the Vikings and the Bears. But Dallas is is the kind of team though. They're a bully. They're kind of a bully. They they want to beat you by like look at their scores this year. They when they start rolling, they'll roll you. They'll win. Like they look what they do to the Giants. They just they they make they embarrass the Giants every time they play. It's like it's like forty eight to ten and stuff. I mean, it's it's, it's awful. But what do you do to a bully? You punch him first, and guess what? The bully goes away, and that's what they and that's what that's what happened Sunday. Dallas got punched, and they didn't see it coming. They got sucker punched. They, yeah. they didn't know. They didn't expect Green Bay to come out like that. They didn't, I mean, Jordan Love was phenomenal. The, the receivers were great. Aaron Jones was great. So they got punched, and they were they looked at each other like, "What what just happened to us?" And they didn't. And they never recovered. Now I don't think San Francisco has that same mentality. I think. Like you said, the Niners are never going to be out of it. Like they're, you get a twenty-seven nothing lead on the Niners, they're they still have, they're not going to roll up and die. They're just not. That Shanahan's not like that. Not, I'm not saying McCarthy is, but the Niners are better than the Cowboys. That's all I'm going to say. No, by a lot. They'll and they'll keep they'll keep coming. They'll keep coming. They'll keep trying. They'll keep playing. Keep plugging. Coming after Love, Bosa came out and talked about how Love's been playing disciplined within the system. I think they're the the Niners are are very much respecting what the Packers have done. It's the the one thing if you want to look at it this way, the Packers have been playing in a must-win situation now for three weeks in a row. The last time San Francisco played a meaningful game was about three weeks ago. So or four, yeah. So if you want to look at it that way. Dallas or San Francisco has not had to had to to man up and play in a, in a game like this. Now, do I think that that's going to manifest itself with the way that this team has performed and has coached over the past five years? No, I don't at all. I think they're the best version of the Niners is coming. And this one can very easily as as fast of a start as the Packers got off to last week against Dallas. It can very easily go the other direction this week if Green Bay turns it over. You know, Jordan Love has been very, very good with the football. He's made good decisions. He's made great passes. Uh, he's made some passes in some very tight windows. He's going to have to be that good again in this game because San Francisco's defense is pretty good. Now, the secondary, Mark, is, you know, not not as great. I know we're not the offensive show, but the secondary, so so we'll see. That's, that's going to be a fun matchup there. But again, I just go back to, on defense, it's us just crossing our fingers and clasping our hands together, praying that Joe Barry and Matt Lafleur are on the same page, that they've got a good game plan, that they're they're willing to be aggressive. Now, Jair Alexander didn't practice on Wednesday, but he didn't practice much last week either. It was treatment, treatment, treatment. You heard him talk about it after the game. He basically was in the treatment room from Wednesday until about 20 minutes before kickoff. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, and so he'll be out there, I, I have to assume, in a, in a game like this. And if it is a matter of everyone's like, oh, well, Jair plays well in games where he has something to gain or he likes the matchup. Well, you got to like the matchup, whether it's Ayuk or Debo Samuel. I mean, you good luck. I mean, the, both of those guys are very, very good. And, and Debo plays the Jaden Reed role over there. Uh, Jaden Reed didn't have a single catch last week. The the Packers were able to spread the ball around. The Niners can do the exact same thing. This this is this is a heavyweight battle. It's a heavyweight battle for the Packers. And I, I think if you, if you want to talk about house money, then this week is is more so than last week. I mean, San Francisco opened as a ten point favorite. I don't know what the spread is now, but after what the Packers did against Dallas and to still be ten point underdogs says a lot 
about the disparity between these two teams. Well, you're right. And I think a lot of it is, like I said earlier, you got one team coming off a bye, well-rested, ready to go, versus a team playing. It's Oh, it's down to nine and a half. It did fall to nine and a half. I just looked Ooh, at it. A whole half point. Okay. That's a big half point, though. Yeah. I mean, 10 to nine and a half. Now, you know, if you like the Niners, you're thinking, oh, now if they win by 10, I cover. Whereas, I'm looking at these Lions now, the, the Lions went from six to six and a half. So that went the other way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I mean, like, again, like I said before, like, this is the pack. The Packers are, it's a tough spot in terms of, you know, on the road in Dallas, short week on the road again. It's, and it's also, now one trip wasn't very far to Minnesota, but this is their fourth road game in five weeks. It takes its toll. Mm-hmm. Believe me. I, you know, I didn't play, but just covering, like, you know, having to cover a team and we're going to go on the road four times in five weeks. I was tired and I'm not playing. I'm just traveling. Now, again, I'm not traveling on a chartered flight, you know, with the accommodations that, that the teams and players get. But still, being away, it's, it's again, and I know we said, you know, 2010, they, they, they did it. They, they were on the road and it can happen. I'm not, I'm, and, in, and in no way am I saying it's impossible for the Packers to win this game. But I'm trying to, I'm, I'm rationalizing why the line's nine and a half and not six and a half or seven. Yeah, and that's again Vegas betting money, all that other kind of stuff. And and if you liked the Packers, you like you like the over under or the odds last week, then you probably did pretty well for yourself. Probably gonna be a little bit of a different story this week, but yeah, that travel that's so this it's almost like it's eight twenty in body clock time when they kick off on Saturday. So they're playing a day earlier. And they're kicking off at a time when their body clock is it's later than than most any other game would start. Because I believe when they play night games in Green Bay, they they usually start at seven or seven thirty. So it's another hour there. And you talk, you've heard many times players say that they're they're very regimented, they're very you know very into that that whole thing. And then then the other question becomes, do they? go in on Thursday and practice a day in San Francisco and then play on Saturday? Do they still come in on Friday? They're traveling on Friday versus Saturday. All that stuff, Mark, to your point, does take a toll. But this is the nice thing about this team on both sides of the ball is that they don't know what they don't know yet. And I think we're getting a big glimpse into just one of the things to enjoy, because I hate to say it, but as much as we love the demeanor of this team and how these young players are just going out and playing and they don't know that they're underdogs. They don't know that they're not supposed to win. They don't play like, okay, we have no chance. That stuff does happen. And these guys are going to turn into veterans who will probably start acting and thinking that way a little bit. Not all of them. And some of them are probably going to turn into that. When you start realizing what price you're paying for the money that you're making and you start understanding how the NFL works and all that other stuff starts creeping in. One of the reasons why this team is where they're at right now is probably because of how young they are and they just they just don't know any better. And I hope that they can hang on to this this feeling and this vibe for a couple more years because as much as they've grown exponentially this season, I mean, I don't know. The way the offense is performing right now, Mark, to me is like late 2020, 2024. I mean, in your expect in your mind, when you think back to September and the way that they were playing, and it's like, hey, this offense is going to look like this. When do you? How long do you think it'll take them to get there? I think realistically, we would have said middle to late next year. Yeah. And they're they're performing that well right now. And so, like I said, the bar kind of moves. And and on defense, 
continue to continue to stack that and get after the ball. I mean, Carrington Valentine still needs to get his first NFL interception. And I think he is at some point going to make an electric play. Does he do that this week? He might get an opportunity to go out and do that again. Valentine's been playing pretty well at safety. I mean, Anthony Johnson got some reps. I mean, all of the important things that are happening now, they played a game last week. They kind of saw what that was like. And now it's like, okay, go to San Francisco and go do the thing. And fortunately, it's it's in a, a location where the weather won't be too bad. I'm not sure what the forecast I'm not sure what the forecast is for Saturday, but it's not a winter wonderland. It's not going to be moved because there's a huge snow blizzard coming through like we saw in in Buffalo. So just go play. I, I don't think that I don't think this team would care if it was 15 degrees or wind chill minus minus five. Like they're just young and they just want to go play ball and be there for each other. And it's almost like a college atmosphere. That's a, that's interesting. A comparison. You, you mentioned the time. I mean, it's it's. It's going to be like five twenty out there, right? Yes. Yeah, five twenty. Yeah, yeah, two. Yeah. yeah. So that's 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 okay. That's I, I kind of like that from the Packers standpoint that they don't have to sit around all day and night waiting. You know, what I'm saying because I know again from my covering team, then again, I'm not the same as being part of the team or playing, but I'm there with them. Guys used to hate road Monday night game because you're you know you're you have your meeting and whatever you have lunch and. And you're just sitting around, and you got nothing, and you get antsy, and you're waiting, and you're just looking at that clock, and you, when, and you know when you look at a clock, it never moves, right? So, and and you're on the road, and you're in a hotel room, and you're, and you just can't wait, you just can't wait, you just can't wait, and sometimes it works, sometimes. That's why, like for years, you know, from a betting standpoint, you know, home teams did well on Monday night, and I, a lot of that was because of, you know, just that it's. I know talking to like. Now, some players like like playing on Monday night during the season because their friends around everybody gets to see them play, right? Friends on other teams and mm-hmm. stuff because Monday night. Uh, but I know coaches hate it. Coaches, every coach I've ever covered would always say, "Yeah, we understand. We're good. We're going to be on it this time." But if it was up to them, they and every every single one of them has has told me this in one way or or another. They would like to play the early game Sunday every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> they would because they're creatures of habit. They, they 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 don't like Monday, they don't like Saturday when it gets late in the year. They don't they hate Thursday. Nobody wants to play on Thursday. They just they would rather play. Give me the one o'clock or noon, depending on where you are. Give me that game every every Sunday. I'll sign up for it right now. I don't need to be on at four. I don't need the night games. I don't need any of that stuff. So that's you know that's just coach thinking. But so yeah, it's going to be listen again, and this will lead us to have, to how we think. But I. I <laughs> I don't think the pack. I mean, the, the, the Niners were favored for a reason. They're, they've been the better team all year, but I wouldn't bet against this Packer team right now. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't bet against them. And at nine and a half, I mean, geez, how, how can you not throw a little down on the on the spread? <laughs> I mean, that's such a huge, huge spread for this team that has been playing well. And yeah, you're right. I, I forgot. So I'm in Phoenix, which is we don't do daylight savings here. So you're right. It is. It is seven seven thirty. Uh, local time for the Packers, so that's 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 right for a night game, and and I think especially when you're traveling, you want the early game because you you know you got to fly back home and you want to get home, you want to get back home to your family and and not spend all night traveling and get in late and all that other kind of stuff there too. Yeah, it's gonna have to get ready to play next week and and start yeah you start your week of prep and and it's you know the it starts all over again with Monday Tuesday and then back to practice on Wednesday usually. So yeah, I mean I guess at this point it's it's kind of how does this thing shake out? Now I have to. You know, I, I don't consider myself an extremely superstitious person, although I do have some some habits that I do employ. 
So I am going to have to stick with what I've been doing as far as picking this game over the past couple of weeks because I don't want to change it and have any kind of energy be my fault. But it's a very, very healthy spread. I think the over-under on this uh, game for points, Mark, is 50 and a half. Yes. And the Niners are nine and a half point favorites. So we'll start with you. How does this one shake? I am actually genuinely curious to hear how you how you see this, because we have not talked about your take on this one yet. How does it shake out? Uh, again, my heart says, you know, somehow Green Bay finds a way to win. But I got to be upset. I mean, I can't objectively pick Green Bay to beat San Francisco in San Francisco. I think they'll, I think they'll, I'm hoping it'll be a game. I'm, I'm going to pick 28-21 San Francisco. 28-21 Niners. All right. So light, slightly under on the total, but and, and the Packers cover slightly. Okay. And do you think it's going to be one of those where the Packers are playing catch up all day and the Niners are ahead? The Packers score yeah. later. What do you What do you think? No, I think yeah, I think it's a good game. I think it's like you know seven nothing, seven seven, fourteen seven four. You know. And again, I, I'm not. I haven't mapped it out that far, but I, yeah, I don't. I don't. I think the Packers will be in the game. I don't think it's going to be like last week where Dow. Hey. There, these games, the six wild card, super wild card, wasn't so super. There was only one good game in the six. Yeah, they yeah. were all blowouts, and they were all over. You know, I guess Cleveland, Houston was the game at the half, and then Houston just buried in the second half. But you know, Tampa Bay buried the Eagles. Kansas City buried Miami, and uh, Pittsburgh buried or Buffalo buried Pittsburgh. I mean, they, they, they were the only good game was the Rams Lions game. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was. Well, I mean, you know, there was a little flurry at the end of the the Packers, the only road team to win their wildcard matchup. So now here they come to San Francisco and the Lions will take on Tampa and the winner of those two games will face each other for the NFC championship the following week. I'm I'm going to go with I I have to pick the Niners because I've been picking against (laughs) the Packers, even though I'm more apt to support them now. But I'll go 30, 21, which is just slightly over the over. So I'll go, I'll go right on the line of us. Yeah. I'll go 30, 21 Niners. I just, they've, they've got so much for the Packers to take care of. And I think that youth will, will show up a little bit in this game. Although if it's close like that, and like you said, if it is back and forth and maybe San Francisco adds a field goal late, we can't hang our heads and walk away in shame. This was a very good season, successful. They got a lot of experience. I just, as long as they, they play well. And as I say every week, as long as they play well, don't quit then I can be happy with whatever outcome happens this year. Now, next year, totally different story. The the bar, talk about the bar changing and the bar raising. When we get to, to next year and start talking about the expectations and how we expect this team to play, it's it's going to be a bit of a different story. But so it's a Saturday game. I always I always ask because these, these game times have been changing too. And I know you've got a game recap up, but I don't know if that changes anything about your, your uh, preview at Packer Report. No, I'm gonna write. So I, you know what? I I'm, I gotta come, come up with something as soon as we hang up here. So I don't know what's coming up. But then my my recap of the Dallas game is up now. I'll, I'll have something up Friday morning, and then of course right after the game Saturday night, I'll come back with my my instant analysis. All right. There'll be a Quick Slants podcast on Monday. I'll have a whole day to digest whatever happens on Saturday, and I'll bring you all my thoughts on uh, Monday morning. I'll be up there first thing over at Game On Wisconsin. Make sure you go check that out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jason Perone. Mark, you always have to remind me what your handle is. Mark Eckle 8 Mark Eckle 8 And, of course, follow Packet A Podcast as well. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your week. Go Pack Go. We've got a big, big playoff game coming up here against the 49ers. Hope the Packers can make some magic and, and give us one more. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. Take care. We'll be back at it again next week on the Thursday edition of the Packet A Podcast. <laughs>
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.